<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. No one identifies with your perfection. It's not relatable and it's unattainable. It's so not relatable that even you can't attain this perfection that you keep putting up on a pedestal. And I really like that a lot. I like that. The no one identifies with your perfection. Not even you. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi, besties, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting, the largest self-love podcast and movement, your number one destination for personal growth and mental health. I'm your big sister and your host, cool, Violetta. You can't see this, but when I was doing my intro, I accidentally cupped my breast. As I was telling you, I'm your big sister. So I guess it's just one of those days today. So... Today we have a short episode. In case you missed last week's episode, it was really, really fun as well. It was with my good friend, my Portuguese bestie, Daniela Mel, who stayed at my house last year, the end of last year, and that's how we became friends. We became friends on the internet, and then I decided to invite her to stay with me for a whole week, and we ended up, you know, vibing because we're both fun Scorpios. So that episode finally came out since I was always planning to have it come out the first week of June. And also her movies are just out. So make sure you go check out her movies, Fast X and The Guardians of the Galaxy. But honestly, Fast X is so good. I have not had a chance to watch all of the Fast and Furious movies, but I will say from the ones I've seen, this one is the best one and she's just so good. Okay, so hopefully you will catch up with Thursday's episode. I don't know why I feel so happy right now. I think here's what happened. Before I started recording this episode, I had this weird feeling in my stomach. Do you ever get this weird feeling in your stomach? And then you start to think that it must mean something. You're like, oh my God, I must be a witch. My ancestors from the 1600s probably were burned to death because they were witches and my intuition is telling me something. And then you're like, belly or fupa, what is it, baby? What is it, my fupa little lady? What's going on? What are you trying to tell me? Danger, is danger coming? What's going on? And then I'm like, okay, someone is about to manipulate me. I'm about to lose something. And I'm like, V, relax. So that's what was going on. I was feeling this strange anxiety that I couldn't explain before I started recording this episode. I told myself I'm either hungry or it's in my head and to breathe. And then I did these exercises where I was smiling in front of the mirror. So right now when I start recording this episode, I seem so giddy, <laughs> but it's actually in order to program my brain in this moment to stop feeling anxious because there's nothing to be anxious about. And even if there is something to be anxious about, I will solve it. It's not the end of the world. So I will say that when I finish recording this short little Tuesday episode today, which is Benson Knows Best, where we will be diving into loads of questions. So you guys either DM me or emailed me. Also, if you want to ask me anything, 
make sure to go and email it to me on press at daddyissuesla.com and I will get to your question on next, next, next Tuesday's episode of Benson Knows Best. So press at daddyissuesla.com to email me any questions you have, whether it's advice about life, work, friendship, dating, and so on. Okay. Another reason I think I'm smiling is because I do actually have a date when I finish recording this episode. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I just stopped talking to a guy, I think two, three days ago, because he just wasn't meeting my standards. And I've learned now to not try to teach a dog new tricks and to kind of take the hints off the bat. So if I notice um, my vibe, that my energy is not being matched, I don't stick around because I don't do situationships. I don't fight for it or constantly have to vent. And I'm talking about new when you just start talking to somebody. I kind of just take it for what it is. I give a person a couple of chances to kind of show me that they're interested in me. And if I don't get the same energy, then I just peace out. I'm not at the age anymore to stick around like I used to in my 20s where you like a guy, you guys date for three years, you don't even know his last name, but it doesn't matter because you're in your 20s and who knows what's going to happen in the future. I don't have that time to waste anymore. So I kind of get out of it super fast and I always let the guys know it's not that deep for me. But yeah, I'm going on a fun date today and I always have the guys plan it for me. So today we are actually going on a date with this new guy who I met at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago. So we will be doing an escape room, which he's never done, but it's one of my favorite things to do. So we will be going to an event, then leaving in the middle of the event to go to do our escape room for an hour. And then we will be going to an after party afterwards. How fun is that? So we're doing three things together tonight in a little bit when I have to go get ready. And I think that's really fun. So I do want to stress how I know that dating is so different now. And it's not just in whatever town you currently live in. It's not just LA. It's not just New York. And don't sit around thinking, oh, every guy sucks or every woman sucks or they're all liars or no one's looking for anything serious and so on. Or no one wants to invest time in you or be romantic, whatever it is. Yes, dating has changed and I completely agree. And I do think a lot of people put a lot of less effort. And I do think a lot of people get really comfortable with situationships or talking to 50,000 different people before they decide to, you know, learn if your parents are still together or ask you any personal questions. And that's fine if you don't mind sticking around with those people because you really like whoever this person they're currently talking to and you see a chance and you're like, okay, I'll give it seven months before I change my mind and walk away because maybe things will they'll become available. Whatever it is that works for you, that's fine. But I will say that don't lower your standards just because dating is a little harder, just because there are more options out there. Because your people and the people who are similar to you are still out there. What I mean is that since I like romance and I like to be taken out on dates and I like the man planning it, I will continue being that way. So with the last guy, I didn't feel like he was putting enough effort. I walked away. It's not that deep. There's no way that could be my person because my person would be on the same energy with me. My person would do things that I like and vice versa. If romance is very important for me, then I'm not going to pretend that it's not just to get to know someone, especially in the beginning of dating. That's the most exciting time. That's when you're getting to know each other. That's what men are supposed to, I wouldn't say maybe chase, 
because it's okay for you to reciprocate. But this is when men are supposed to charm you, to show you what great suitors they are. And if they're not putting in the effort, it's not that you're not great. It's just that they're showing you exactly who they are. And if you already know from the beginning that you have to always initiate the text messages or that they're really not into planning a date and so on, then what do you think is going to happen six months from now? What do you think is going to happen three years from now? You're going to always have to call them up to remind them that you guys should have date night or that here's the plans that you made for them. Then you can also remind them when it's your wedding night. Hey, babe, I just want to remind you, don't forget tomorrow's our wedding. Oh, hey, babe, just calling you again. Just to remind you, don't forget to show up to the wedding. Hey, babe, you know, so it's kind of what works for you. But I will say something that I heard the other day that I really liked is that is what a man won't do for you, he'll do for another woman. And I live by that. That really stuck with me. I genuinely believe in that. So that means that men do put the effort when they're ready for something else or when they think you're worth it. Sorry if it hurts your feelings, but that's the truth. So yeah, this guy wanted to put in the effort. So I'm going on a date with him. And do I think that's my husband? I don't know if that's what I'm currently looking for, but I do believe that just like with everything in our life, you need to have skill and it takes practice and skill to get better in it. When I'm constantly staying at home and not leaving my house, I'm not building my dating skills. So that's why it's important for me to be saying yes more often now, to be meeting new people. Like even this weekend, I'm going to, I was invited to some exclusive party by this other man who I'm not romantically interested in, but he invited me to this party and I'm going by myself in order to force myself to meet new people. Because even though I'm not romantically interested in that man, he may have friends and I may like his friends. And our professions are very similar in what we do for a living. So who knows who I'm going to meet this weekend. And tonight I'm going on this date with a guy who's younger than me. But he planned out this like, you know, we had, we're doing back-to-back -back things. How can I say no? And he's really nice to look at. So I'm building my dating skills. So that's that. Okay, so first I thought I could answer a few little fun questions that I got asked from you guys, which were just silly questions of the get to know me, okay? So the first question someone asked me, what is a weird habit that I have? Okay, this is gross. <laughs> a really strange habit that I have that I would say is a bit embarrassing is that I'm obsessed with the smell of sweat. I wouldn't say obsessed, like I'm obsessed with my cat. I can live without the smell of sweat, but I enjoy it. Not just my scent of uh, BO, <laughs> but also the, uh, the BO of someone I date. Not only do I love to have cologne on a man, like I have to be able to smell it. And I don't know if it's because I'm deaf in my left ear that my other senses are heightened, but I genuinely feel that I can smell everything. And okay, so I don't really sweat that much at all. I think I'm just super dehydrated, so I never sweat. But I don't know if anyone else experiences this where when you take Adderall, sometimes you have these Adderall sweats. Whether you go, you take a nap and you wake up and you're sweating a little or you wake up from the middle of the night, or you took Adderall and you're moving around too much and your body produces sweat, that's my favorite time. I get so excited when I'm finally sweating. And then I love to sniff it. And obviously this is where I have to do this alone because it may confuse people, but I will literally just lift my arm and I would sniff my, my armpit and I'd be like, 
musty. <laughs> and I like the smell. I really enjoy it. And then I also love to smell the BO of someone I'm dating. And I do know why I have this weird scent. So this is a great example of how everything goes back to our childhood with habits that we develop when we're children, end up being as adults. So the reason I have this knack for smelling BO and liking it is because growing up, my father traveled a lot for work. He was always sailing away. I practically grew up in a ship. I forget if I ever mentioned that or not. And he would be away for three months and then be back home for a month and then away again. So I only saw him four months of the year. So I didn't really have much of a memory of my father growing up until I was 14 and we moved to the US, except him bringing me gifts. And then when my father would be home for that month, he would always be fixing things because that's one of his love languages is acts of service because it's something he didn't get as a child from his deadbeat father. So that was one of his love languages. So when he would be home, he would be fixing the whole house and building stuff. And my father is allergic to deodorant and other stuff that you put on your body. So he would then reek of BO to the point that when he would leave the room, the BO stayed there. (laughs) That's how stinky and smelly he would be. But that was the only way I started to recognize my father where I would enter a room, I can smell the BO and I'm like, oh, my dad was here. And I ended up connecting that with love. So as odd as it is that that's one of my quote unquote weird habits, in a way it it is very sweet. The reason why I like BO, because I, for whatever reason, connect it with love because that's how I could smell my father. (laughs) CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My dad really doesn't like that story. When I've tried to tell him before that I like how he smells and his sweat, he gets really uncomfortable. So, (laughs) okay. So next up, somebody asked me, what skill am I really terrible at? I would say my worst, one of my worst, well, first of all, in sports, I'm really not good at, at anything. And the worst thing about me is that I'm very competitive, which does not align well with someone who is not actually good at anything. So there's that. So I will say I may not win, but I have perseverance and I don't give up. Okay. But my worst, I would say something skill I'm really bad at. I would say texting. I'm not a good texter. Everyone tells me this, including my sister who never shuts up about it. And I think it's because I kind of just write out my own thoughts and I'm very analytical, as you can tell, based on how I do these episodes where I need to understand everything through logic in order to understand how I feel, how others feel, what I'm thinking. It's all logic for me 
even my empathy stems from logic because empathy you experience through two separate ways, either through feeling other people's emotions or logically understanding why they're going through what they're going through. And then you feel those emotions. I think for me, it's the second part. I may be wrong. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I have, I do know myself pretty well. So I think that's what it is. So when I text, it doesn't change how my brain works. Yes, I can text warmly, but a lot of the time when I'm texting, it's very analytical and robotic. Whether I'm breaking up with someone, whether I'm telling someone that I'm not happy with them, whether I am making plans with someone, I don't really like to text to have conversations. I don't like short talk. So it's really about either making plans or breaking up with someone. So normally when I've texted people, especially guys, it really throws them off. They don't like it or my sister. And yeah. And then the other way that I'm really bad at texting is that sometimes I get really overwhelmed or overstimulated by all the DMs and texts and emails that I get. So then I completely shut down and don't respond to anyone or anything. Okay. Next, somebody asked me, what is the best advice I recently got? So the best advice I've recently got, which is actually from my book agent. And if you're wondering if that means I will have a book coming out in a year, potentially, but my book agent, who's great, he gave me a really good advice when I was really hard on myself because I was trying to figure out how to make what I'm writing perfect. And he said that, No one identifies with your perfection. It's not relatable and it's unattainable. It's so not relatable that even you can't attain this perfection that you keep putting up on a pedestal. And I really like that a lot. I like that, that no one identifies with your perfection, not even you. I think we often forget that. And it's so easy to give everyone else advice to just be kind to themselves, give themselves grace and how you don't have to be perfect, just do your best. And it's like, you don't have to be perfect, but me, I must do my best. I must be perfect or no one will love me. I must succeed. You don't have to, you can give yourself grace, but me, I rather die than fail. You know, you don't want to be that person because no one wins and you'll never reach whatever perfection that you're trying to put out there. And it, yeah, I love that. It's not relatable and it's unattainable. So I thought that was really good advice. Somebody asked me, what's a great book that I'm currently reading? Well, I actually just recently met the author. She's great. Her name is Tara. And the book that I'm currently reading is called Buy Yourself the Fucking Lilies. It's so good. It's basically just how to fix your life. And I really like her style of writing. She also has another book that recently came out. It's New York Times bestseller. It's super popular for a reason. Even just the beginning alone, the first few pages of the book will grab your attention because she shares things with a lot of sense of humor, but it's very serious issues. And she basically talks about a moment where she was really suicidal. And it's, um, I mean, within the third page, I was already in tears when I was reading it, but she makes jokes about it. So it kind of makes you relate to her while understanding that it's a serious issue. So it's a great book and it's a self-help book and you should guys should check it out. Okay, let's see what else. Oh, somebody asked me what's on my mind currently. This is really random, but I was recently thinking about it because sometimes people, you guys, DM me about how much you love listening to my voice and how relaxing it is. And 
I was thinking about this recently, so I don't know if this is, if someone's an expert in this, please DM me and let me know. But it, as many of you know, I am deaf in my left ear. I've always been deaf in my left ear. I'm legally deaf. I think as a child, I was 20% deaf. And now I think I'm in my left ear. And now I think I'm between five to 10% deaf in my left ear. And that got me thinking yesterday about it. And I was wondering, I wonder if I don't actually know what I sound like. What if you guys, all of you can hear my voice and it sounds differently to you? Because yes, I hate my voice, which I think most people don't like their recording of their voice. But I, I was thinking about that. And I wonder if when we listen to sounds or music, if you and I, you as in someone that has perfect hearing, if we hear things differently, I never thought about that, you know? So I thought that was really cool about how, what if I'll never know what I really sound like or... What if I'll never know what other people can hear? And also it made me realize that in the past, I used to think it was only my accent that kept me from sometimes pronouncing certain words properly or being unable to pronounce them. But I realized, because I was reading about it, is because when you are deaf or partially deaf, there are going to be sounds that you can't hear. So that's why I think I've read that Anyone that's fully deaf, they speak the same way. They speak very similarly. It's a very specific way of speaking when you're deaf. And it's because they can't hear words and sentences the way regular people can. So they can't pronounce a lot of words fully. So I thought that was really interesting. And that kind of, that was also cool to understand. But yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I have been thinking of dabbling in sign language, getting to learn it, just in case if one day I will lose my hearing. Not curious. I was just thinking recently, if one day something happened and I started to go deaf on my right ear, it would be cool if I already knew sign language. So if anyone has recommendations where I can learn sign language, or if you know how to speak sign language, why don't you DM me? I would love to talk to you about it. But yeah. And if anyone's wondering how or why I am deaf in my left ear, I've read that it can be common with dyslexic people and also it can be hereditary. And I never knew I was deaf until I was a teenager. And it was because I remember I saw my sister talk on the phone and then she moved the phone to her left side to keep talking. And it was the first time that I looked at my sister. We were in the US, I must have been 14 or 15. We're sharing a room. And I looked at my sister and I was like, whoa, how are you doing that? And she goes, what, have friends? It's not that hard. Just fix your personality. <laughs> and I was like, no, how are you speaking on your left side? And she goes, what are you talking about? And I swear to God, up until this age, I genuinely believe that because I'm right-handed, which means I'm better with everything on my right side, like writing, like starting with my right step with my foot, I just assume that that also translated to your hearing. So I genuinely for 14, 15 years, somehow thought that that meant that everything is better on my right side, including my hearing. And that's why I never bothered to try to hear something on my left side, because I just assume it's because I'm right-handed, I can hear better on my right ear. That logic made sense to me as a child. <laughs> but yeah, after I, I learned that, it still didn't bother me. And I, to be fair, I never really cared that I was deaf. Who knows if that I could have fixed it? I don't know, but that's where we're at. The coolest thing that I like to do 
with my impaired hearing is that sometimes I like to put my head on my cat and I can hear her purring on the right side of my ear, but I can't hear it on the left side. And it's the coolest thing because I close my eyes and I really just experience being in the moment and I can feel the vibrations of her purring all through my body. So even though I can't hear her purring, maybe like 2%, 5%, whatever it is, I feel it. And then it's as if I'm hearing it because it's, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I really like doing that. I am home a lot. As you can tell, I hang out with my cat a lot. So <laughs> that's that. Okay. So somebody asked me if they should go back to situationship. And let me tell you, how about this? I'm not going to tell you whether or not you should go back to somebody that already let you down. I will let you make that decision, but I will say this. People will come back into your life after they get disappointed by the people that they thought were better than you. Let that sink in. That means, let me repeat that again. People will come back into your life after they get disappointed by the people that they thought were better than you. The people they left you for. So those other people let them down and then they come back to you because they need a little pep talk or a little pick me up and you're their number one cheerleader because you're always so available. So you tell me if that's someone that you want to be around. If you just want attention, enjoy it. But me personally, that wouldn't make me feel good, especially if I was invested in it. Obviously, it's different if you guys both were not invested in it and you forgot that person wasn't around and now it's convenient for you both. I'm talking about where you were texting them more. It was very obvious your energy was not reciprocated. You guys have been doing this now for a couple of months. It's not just like a new thing. Ask yourself if that's really what you deserve and that's what you believe you're worth. Ask yourself why you don't think you're worth a little more than that. Because me personally, if someone leaves because they think there's something better out there, then let them stay there. Because you want somebody who chooses you the first time, not the second time or the third time or the fifth time. And it's not to say that there's something wrong with you or that they're playing games, whatever it is. Most people are not playing games. What we consider games is just people not being into us. And everyone you meet, you meet exactly at the right time. You meet people exactly when you're meant to meet them because they're meant to teach you something, either a lesson or to show you what you don't want, or to teach you something about yourself based on how you react over certain things. They show you where you need to heal. If there's certain traits you like about someone, you can take those traits. Now you get to learn about dating. Because a lot of times we think that, well, first I will fully work on myself. And then when I'm ready, I'll go out and date. When in reality, you get to learn about dating and about yourself when you're dating other people. And it's not that you are ruining other people's experiences or that you're not worth somebody's time. It's you meeting all of these people exactly when you were meant to meet them because you're meant to learn something from them. So when it's not working out with someone, it's not because the timing was wrong. It's because it was just a lesson and you were meant to meet them right now. They are not your future. So I hope that helps. And last thing I will add is that people always get confused how when you date someone, they don't want a relationship with you and then they meet someone else and they either end up in a relationship or they're like married. And here's the thing, especially when it comes to men, men don't marry the love of their life. They marry the girl that's around when they're ready to settle down. 
That's the truth. So it doesn't matter how much you remind them of their mother. It doesn't matter how much you cook for them or the fact that you wipe their butthole when they shit themselves in the bed because they drank too much alcohol and they should probably go to rehab. It doesn't matter what you do for them. They will appreciate it, but they will take it for granted if they're not ready for something. Men have to decide on their own that they're looking for something. And then when they decide that, that they're finally ready, whoever is standing in front of them, that is going to be the person they will most likely end up with. It sucks to hear it. We all want to say it's not true, but it is. That's the truth. So it has nothing to do with you. It's just the guy's not ready. So he will never see you in that light, but you have to walk away. If you just sit around, stick around for a year until he's finally ready, he's not going to take you seriously because it's going to be like, well, I didn't feel a spark last year. So it must mean that she's not for me. So I have to meet someone new versus you moving on him finally feeling like he's ready to settle down. Now he's thinking, shit, what if Brenda was the one? She's the one that got away. Let me call her. So I hope that helps. Okay, fine. Last advice I will give you before we, I have to go get ready. I have to shower and I have to shave my legs is this. This is another great advice I recently got. It is so important for you to speak about your issues, whether it's with people or to write it down or therapist, or friend, whatever it is, don't hold it in. And don't listen to someone if they judge you for talking about your problems or what doesn't work for you, because it will always be bigger in your mind. And once you say it out loud, it will get smaller. And that's why it's so important to say out loud what you're experiencing. For example, like when I've talked about depression, when it comes to depression, Guy Wench, said that depression is the most exclusive club out there because you think there's only one member and it's you and no one else is experiencing what you're going through because we feel shame and we hide what we're experiencing when in reality there's so many other people who are going through what you're going through and when I was really depressed and I finally wrote it down and then read it, realized what I was experiencing. And then I called my mom and I felt so much shame to say out loud to my mother what I was feeling and I was crying about it. I felt free, it set me free. I no longer was a prisoner of my feelings and these words and the shame. I let it out, I cried it out. And it's not that I wasn't depressed afterwards, I was still depressed and I had to work on it, but I released this thing that made me feel that it's mine and no one else can relate. And I'm a prisoner of this thing. And, you know, it's, I let it out and it's beautiful and it's amazing. So don't keep things to yourself. If you feel anxiety, stress, pain, anger, shame, whatever you think that it's so minimal and so small, it's not minimal or small for someone that cares about you. So speak up. Okay. Anyway, you guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to leave me a five-star review on the podcast app. I read all of them and sometimes I even get teary-eyed when I see some of your reviews are so kind. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. We have new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Right now we are in hookup month in June. So that's why last week with Daniela, we had a fun, short, little boy advice episode and the best advice ever on how to have your best friend help you get the closure that you need through a breakup. And then this Thursday, we have an awesome episode with Emily from Sex with Emily, and it's all about your orgasms. So make sure you tune in. Okay. Love you. Bye.